Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to the Nobo Show Watchmaking Show. Today, we're going to be going over what an estimate means and how to understand it. So, watch estimates can be pretty confusing, and a lot of the customers, a lot of people that I get from uh, average customers, a lot of messages that I get are in regards to what a watch estimate really means and how to really understand it because it's confusing to them as the average uh, watch guy. Uh, for a watchmaker and for your real seasoned watch enthusiast, you'll probably understand almost everything on it. But as an average watch customer and as an average watch buyer, it's it's pretty confusing, you know. And I can definitely see that. I, I definitely wouldn't know what what you know a, a hospital bill would say unless I, you know. I'm, but I'm sure a doctor would. Um, having said that, so let's go over some of the stuff that we we commonly see in an on a watch estimate. So let's get on with the show. Uh, the first one we're gonna come across is the job number. So the job number is simply just your reference uh, in terms of your repair. Uh, and if we ever need to, if you ever need to call someone or if you ever need to email somebody, you can always reference your repair number with the reference or job number. So the job number usually denotes your specific repair. If you ever need to use it in the future, you know, let's say if, if, if something's wrong with it or whatnot, you can always reference the job number. The reference, now, the, the reference number, it, if you're following along with this, I've also posted up a article on it as well, um, how to read a watch estimate and understand what it means. If you go over to nobswatchmaker.com and take a look at the watch tips, you'll definitely see this article there. So if you take a look at the next one, the next one's reference number. The reference number is commonly, it's commonly also known as the model number. Um, some companies denote it a little differently. The reference number is the same as the model number, again. So some companies will use the model number or reference number to your specific watch in the sense like if your watch is a Rolex Submariner, you have a special set of model numbers for a Rolex Submariner. If your if your watch is a Breitling Transocean, it has a specific set of numbers for a Breitling Transocean. So whatever model your watch is, whether it's a Tissot, Hamilton, etc., usually there's something called model number. A model number just helps the brand or company and or independent watchmaker understand what specific number or model your watch is. So let's just say uh, some watches, let's just say a Rolex Submariner has a, you know, 16610. If we ever see 16610, we will know right away it's a Rolex Submariner. So stuff like that is what you'll see commonly in the model number or reference number on an estimate. So if you ever need to call someone or if you ever need to speak to anybody and they ask you, you know, what's your watch, what, what type of watch do you have? Or you can, or, or what type of model number your watch is, you can tell them 16610 for this example. Um, some companies do not use the model number, and some companies just write out the specific model. So whether it's a Rolex Submariner, or Tudor Pelagos, or Browning Transocean, Omega Seamaster, etc., they'll put the watch model name next to the model number. So some companies will also denote that as well. So just take a look at that, and that, that's your model number, okay? The model number is different from your serial number, which brings us to our next one. Uh, the next one is going to be uh, serial numbers. Serial numbers are also commonly known as case numbers. So it, it could be either or. Some companies will denote it as serial numbers. 
some companies will denote it as case numbers. So case numbers are used here in the same sense as serial numbers. Each case is serialized. You have to remember that. For some companies, some brands, each case is specially serialized. And this just helps us track the batch of the watch and this helps us track this watch to you as a specific owner of the watch. So let's say you bought a Rolex Submariner and I bought a Rolex Submariner. Your serial number is gonna be one, two, three, four. My serial number maybe one, two, three, five. So if a Rolex Submariner, let's say we both purchase at the same time, we both have warranty cards, etc., and we send our watches in. Rolex would know that one, two, three, five is for me is and is my watch, and one, two, three, four is your watch. Okay, so serial numbers lend their hand in terms of legitimacy and specialization to that specific watch. Um, it's also one of the reasons why uh, if, uh, if someone, if you ever lost your watch or you ever got your watch stolen, you can call Rolex and tell them, hey, my serial number is 1235, my model number is 16610, uh, I just got my watch stolen. They'll immediately put a, 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 they'll put a stolen uh, marker or they'll put like a note on your file for that specific serial number to be mindful for all its authorized dealers and all the uh, other HQs of, of Rolex, right? Because we all know sooner or later a watch will need servicing. Um, and uh, unless the customer brings their watch into uh, you know, a random guy on the street or whatnot, it might not get tracked. But we know that sooner or later it's going to need parts. It might need a gasket, it might need this, it might need that. And that's going to have to go through original parts. That's going to have to go through original Rolex. So when it does go through Rolex and any of its authorized jewelers and dealers, we will have a stopper. We will have a note in the system that says, beep, 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 this is a stolen watch, right? Um, and not, and not, not in that exact fashion, but you get what I'm trying to say. So the note, that serial number, helps us denote specific, specific, specific ownership and specific uh, watches, because it's it, that's just that's just the day and age we live in with so much watches. There's so many watches that get produced. We need to start getting serial numbers, and it's not all, but it is good. Movement numbers are a little bit tricky. Movement numbers are different from your model number and your serial number. Movement number is inside your watch and it's on the actual movement or caliber. Movement number usually just helps uh, brands denote the specific batch the caliber was made in or specific uh, uh, production line the movement was made in. And that just kind of, kind of helps us mitigate certain issues. So if we know there was 10 watches done in batch 10, and it just happens that five of those watches in batch 10 keep getting issues, we can kind of denote, we, we can kind of drill down where the issues are coming from. So let's just say we, de we, we figured out that the issues were coming from batch 10, and we look up all the, all the models and all the movement numbers that were created in batch 10. And next time a watch comes in and they have a movement from batch 10, we can reasonably assume they might have the same issues. So that's what movement numbers are generally for. Movement numbers just help us denote the specific serial number on the actual movement. Um, it's different for each company. Not all companies do it. This is most likely for in-house movements most of the time. Um, if a watch has an Eta caliber or whatnot, that's probably not gonna work. Uh, but for the most part, movement numbers are for very, very in-house specific watches. 
and that's you're probably going to commonly see that in a lot of these um, brands that have ventured into in-house movements. This just increases their quality control process and in the after sales, uh, if they didn't catch any issues within the manufacturing processing uh, section of the production line. All right, so next up, next up is mandatory service. Mandatory service is also commonly known as necessary service. Necessary services, uh, we use it in the sense uh, that anything that we put under necessary is required. So it's it's the name is implied. Uh, one thing I really want to talk about when it comes to necessary service is that a lot of people, one of the biggest comments I get from customers is why something is necessary. Why is a complete service necessary? Why is a crown necessary? Why is a crystal necessary? And one of the things I want to point out in this is uh, the best way I can explain it is that whatever we put under necessary, we put under necessary because if we do not do the specific action or specific repair that we're denoting, the watch will either come back sooner or the watch's service cycle won't go its full length. That is how we determine what is necessary or not. So the most uh, basic one would be, let's say you have a crown, right? The crown on the side of your watch uh, that sets the time, etc. Let's say the crown is not broken or the crown is not damaged completely, but the, the crown is worn. And let's say you sent the watch in for a service and we noticed that your crown is worn altogether. We know that, let's say if we took a look at it and, and we determined that the crown it won't last more than maybe another six months, that is when we'll, that's when we'll make a new crown mandatory. If the crown affects, we, we understand that currently right now the crown is not an issue. The currently right now the crown is still relatively good. But we know about six months into it, the crown might have an issue. The crown might break or the crown might malfunction or the crown might uh, sacrifice the overall integrity of your watch. Um, so let's just say that if the crown does mess up or the crown does uh, become faulty, there goes the water resistance of your watch. And if the water resistance of your watch goes, the overall integrity does prove moisture damage, etc. Everything gets opened up right away. So... One of the biggest things that I get spoken to about is exactly this. You know, what is, why is something mandatory? Why can't it be optional? And that's one of the biggest issues I have to always explain to people. Just because right now it looks good, or let's say you're, let's say right now there's not that big of an issue. There's not a real functional issue at the moment. But, if we look at it and we determine that it's going to become an issue in the near future, sooner rather than later, it has to be mandatory. This is very common in things such as the crown, things such as the crystal, things such as the crown tube. These things become mandatory when and if it affects your water resistance or the overall service cycle or the integrity of the watch. Please keep that in mind. Please keep that in mind. Now the next up would be an optional services and optional services are things it's, it's the some of these things are very very um, self-explanatory. So having said that optional services I just want to get it 
out of the way and I want to explain it. Uh, optional services are things that are not an issue and we don't see are an issue, but that we feel it's aesthetics. So when it comes to optional services, most of the time we'll offer an optional service if it doesn't become a functional issue. So let's just say the hands on your watch are scratched or the dial is scratched. Um, we'll, we'll offer those as optional services to replace it because it's not necessary. It's not going to affect the functionality of your watch. If we look at a crystal, uh, if a crystal is cracked or if, uh, well, if the crystal is cracked, it might warrant a mandatory uh, uh, service. Uh, but if a, if a crystal is slightly chipped or the crystal is uh, ever so slightly scratched up or whatnot, things that aren't going to sacrifice the water resistancy and the overall integrity of the watch are optionals. Um, and, and that's something that I just want to throw out the way. Uh, just in case some other uh, some people don't understand what optional services are and next up on this would be customer requests if you take a look at some estimates over in all in the industry you'll often have either customer requests or notes or whatnot um, both of these things denote specific statements uh, from both parties so customer requests are generally from customers who actually just want to tell the manufacturer or the company something um, let's say the customer doesn't want to get their watch polished um, for example, Rolex always does a free, refin uh, free refinishing when it comes to uh, complete service. So if you are one of those people who do not want their watches refinished during the process or does not want to get their watches polished at all, at all uh, customer request section is where you would usually put, uh, you know, you don't want to get it refinished or whatnot, or if you're going to go through an authorized dealer, make sure you tell the service associate that you specifically do not want the watch uh, polished or whatever other uh, additional requests that you have now remember these are customer requests on these estimates when it comes to uh, manufacturers and brands like rolex Breitling, omega um, there might not be that much leeway in terms of what you can and can't do uh, a lot of these companies don't really uh they don't really remember at the end of the day this is a request this is not a statement so having said that remember that they also reserve the right to not to listen to uh it's a very very unfortunate but that's what happens when you are a huge brand and you do have a lot of money and this is often one of the reasons why a lot of people prefer to go to independent watchmakers where they have an overall more of a control in terms of what they can and can't do. And, and that's customer requests. Uh, notes, if you take a look at some, of, if, you, if you're following along, please make sure you're also taking a look at some of the, uh, if you, uh, please make sure you take a look at the article I just posted too as well uh, in terms of how to read it. So this way it's easier for you to take a look at. I know just uh, listening to me talk about it might be boring, but uh, I do have uh, examples and I do have sample sheets of the common industry format, you know. But uh, for example, back to the topic at hand, notes. Notes, this is a section where it's the complete opposite of a customer request. Notes are comments that the estimator from the brand or estimator from the company has, and they want to remind you or to let you know about certain things. Um, one common, one common, common, common note that's uh, 
repeatedly used all the time is for refinishing. Um, they'll often write refinishing is as best as possible, um, and polishing will not get rid of all and every single scratch. Uh, that's a common note, um, but it's little things like that. So think of it like the custom request, but from the com uh, company and or brand side of the equation. Um, and that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it for a that that's usually that encompasses everything that is kind of foggy in terms of a watch estimate. Everything else is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, let me take a look at this. All right, that's actually pretty good to hear. Um, so we have some common questions usually asked regarding estimates, and this is actually a pretty good uh, segue into this stuff. So the first question I usually get from a lot of customers is, uh, my watch is under warranty, why did I receive an estimate? First things first, let me go over some of these things. Uh, the reason, if your watch is under warranty, if your watch is a relatively new purchase, and you received an estimate, for uh, your watch um, first things first I always want to make sure that the company and or brand did not mess up or accidentally send it to you the chances are very slim but it, the mistakes will and can happen so you should definitely ask uh, hey is this accurate you know so-and-so my watch is um, relatively new or whatnot or, or, or my watch is recently serviced why why am I receiving an estimate that's first second the biggest, biggest reason that I see watches come back uh, in regards for an estimate is because it, it the watch violated the service warranty and or purchase warranty. Um, when a watch violates the warranty, uh, you will get a new estimate. Um, and the common question may be, what can violate the service warranty? Well, well, a couple things can violate the service warranty, but let's go over the most common one. The com most common reason why a watch gets uh, uh, avoided in terms of warranty is because of impact damage. Impact damage. Watches are uh, watches that are serviced or watches that are recently purchased are always covered under warranty unless it's uh, impact damage and or a user-introduced error so the warranty will cover everything that the watch is supposed to do if the let's say you just bought the watch out let's say you just bought the watch and you walked out with the watch and then you accidentally dropped the watch um let's say you dropped the watch pretty hard and next thing you know your watch is not keeping time anymore you bring it back in you're gonna get service you're gonna get an estimate right away um, reason being is the impact is uh, user introduced the way they see it is just the same exact way if you have an iPhone uh, if you crack your screen it is not covered under a warranty uh, if you uh, uh, let's just say you let's say you uh, most of the reason the best way I can explain it is this let's say you uh, go to a car mechanic and you got an oil change then you left the car mechanic and you suddenly got into a car accident god forbid of course uh, knock on wood okay and then you go back to the car mechanic and you say hey is my oil change uh, under warranty that's essentially what it is uh, when you go in for if your watch recently had a service the warranty covers the movement inside it covers the timekeeping it covers everything that could naturally go wrong because of the watchmaker's fault an impact damage could wreck ridiculous amounts of damage inside the movement and that is usually a user introduced error 
um, and there has to be a clear distinction. A, anytime it's the watchmaker's fault, it will be under warranty. So if you, there's an issue in regards to the timekeeping, if there's an issue in regards to the watch not uh, functioning correctly or whatnot, but then uh, if you bring it back because you dropped your watch and suddenly it's not running anymore or it's not running accurately anymore, the watchmaker can usually tell. And I go over that a little bit in my book as well. Uh, the watchmaker can usually tell, watchmakers, if, if they're a qualified watchmaker, they can usually tell something is user introduced in terms of impact damage or whatnot. There's a lot of telltale signs, either the dents or dings on the external casing or internal. Uh, some There are some things that occur inside a watch that we know to look for. Uh, in regards to an impact damage sometimes pivots get broken sometimes things get shifted a little bit little things like that we, we pay very very close attention to um, and that's usually how we can tell if a watch received impact or whatnot but for the most part you received an estimate because it's voided that you've somehow voided the warranty and I would always ask for clarifications and I would always ask why 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 make sure you ask don't get me wrong, understand your reasoning and understand what you did wrong, but you always want to figure out what happened. All right, another common one, um, another in regards to what we're talking about, another one that leads up to this is um, my watch is fine, quote unquote, there are no dings, dents, or damages. Uh, believe it or not, I do get this a ridiculously amount of times. Usually when a watch comes in for an impact damage or whatnot, and I tell the customer, hey, listen, there's an issue with the watch. Uh, it's not covered under the warranty. It, some of our findings are that, you know, there's impact here, here, and here, right? And sometimes some of the what the customer usually tells me is, hey, my watch is fine. Uh, there are no dings, there are no dents, there are no damages, you know, it, you know this is absurd, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'm sure you get this at the point. Um, but here's the thing, uh, for us watchmakers, we usually deal with a lot of these microscopic parts. We deal with very, very, very small parts on a regular basis. And what I want you to really, really understand is that we're, you're looking at the, the customer is looking at it with the naked eye. Us as watchmakers, we're constantly looking at things with like a four time, a four power loop or sometimes a 10 power loop, sometimes a 25 power loop or sometimes we're using something as powerful as a microscope at like 50 times to 100 times. So when you're using things that can see beyond the naked eye, we're definitely gonna see things that you won't see, okay? We're seeing things with state-of-the-art tools. We're looking at things with state-of-the-art image processing as well. Um, so you can only imagine what we find, what we see. Uh, we can literally, see things that you won't even fathom about okay so that's one of the biggest things i really want to explain to customers and that's usually how i explain it to customers when the customers tell me that uh, there's no such uh you know that my watch isn't damaged my watch isn't thing my watch isn't there's no there's no problems with my watch whatsoever you know i looked at it before blah 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 i Look, I understand what you're saying. It's just like if I was to bring my car to a car mechanic and listen, the last thing I want to do is pay extra money. I understand that. Look, I've been on both sides before. 
if I bring my car to a car mechanic and I just want an oil change, but the dude's telling me, listen, you know, there's issues here, here, and here. And the, the last thing I want to do is dish out extra money. I understand that. I completely understand that. But listen, one way you should be reframing your mindset would be these guys are the professionals and they mean well. You know, like if you're going to a qualified and a trustworthy person and they're upfront about everything, if their intent is pure, and I always talk about this, if their intent is pure, you should feel more than inclined to do something about it. If they, if the watchmaker pointed out something to you and their intent is like ridiculously pure and they really want to make sure you get your watch fixed correctly, they want you fixed the right way, you should almost feel inclined inclined to do it um i've had numerous numerous occasions where sometimes my car is malfunctioning or whatnot and the car mechanic is literally telling me like dude man hey um i'm saying you came in just for an oil change and blah 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 but here are some of these issues we found um i understand you probably won't see it but we found it and so and so our computers are telling us this look i understand if that's the case safety is more important my life is more important I rather pay a little extra to save on uh, certain things, and why not, right? But my point is this: the intent needs to be pure. Uh, when you're explaining stuff to the customer, sometimes the customer is hard-headed. But if your intent is pure, if they decline it, sure, let it go. If you're the customer and the watchmaker is explaining something like this to you, look, don't be afraid to say, "Hey, okay." Uh, I apologize, blah, 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 okay, well, you don't have to apologize, but hey, look, I'm sorry, um, please, uh, I'd like to decline the work, um, and don't be afraid to get a second opinion, you know, like, if you don't trust your watchmaker at the point, don't be afraid to get your watch back and get a second opinion, uh, but here's the thing, I, I want to make sure that you, everyone understands this, it's very important to get a qualified watchmaker, it's very important to find a trustworthy watchmaker, and if you listen to other episodes in terms of how to find a good watchmaker, trust and integrity is one of the biggest things in terms of finding a good watchmaker. So find yourself a good watchmaker. You won't have an issue when it comes to things like this. All I'm trying to say is this. If your watchmaker, if the watchmaker, if your watchmaker right now is someone you trust, you should feel inclined to do whatever the watchmaker suggests. If I go to a doctor and I'm like, hey, man, I feel sick and so-and-so and they offer me so-and-so and I trust them, do it. Just listen to what they're saying and take their advice. Um, now, you as, an, as a customer or you as a, a buyer, collector or enthusiast, whatever, um, you should be almost intuitive in terms of how you feel. Uh, if a customer, if a watchmaker is telling you so-and-so and, a little, and the feeling is a little off, um, something isn't there, okay? So I would make sure you evaluate your situation. Um, for the most part, my, my, uh, when, I, when I ever get to this stage of a voided warranty, my chances of, uh, uh, of a customer declining my repair when I talk to a customer face-to-face and, and, and whatnot are slim to none. Um, I, usually the way I explain it, if you explain it correctly and you have the proof to show it, the customer is always more than inclined to get the job done. Uh, that's just my experience. Um, and if you're an experienced watchmaker and you are and uh, or you're independent watchmaker, it, it helps, man. It helps to take pictures. 
pictures are great to show to customers. If you can take pictures, great. You know, that's going to separate you from your competition. Uh, well, quote unquote, not, not much anyway, but that's going to help you charge the extra. You know, that's going to help you go that extra mile. That uh, Customers, when you're talking to customers, sometimes customers, they don't see the whole picture. You know, they just hear what you're saying, but they don't understand. Right. But if you show them pictures, you show them the impact damages, you show them inside internal issues. Um, they're they're going to be more than inclined to say, hey, okay, this makes sense. You know, there's proof here. You know, there's rationale now. It's not just you talking. It's not just fluff. You know, there's an actual hard proof. Um, and that's that's about all I have for this topic. Um, uh, another common question, okay, um, is my watch is running slow, fast. Um, how come you can't just fix it without doing a complete service? Uh this is a this is a very common one believe it or not guys uh very very common uh unfortunately no uh we do not do uh i do not recommend uh, any watchmaker to randomly regulate a watch with no history or know of the history of the watch now if the watch was a, a recently serviced watch and you do you do know the history behind it then that's your judgment call to make but if a customer comes into me and he's a brand new customer or the watch is relatively brand new to me in terms of history and I know nothing about the watch and the customer is telling me the watch is running slow or it's running fast, I will make sure uh, the first thing I do if I take a look at it, um, if it if it passes the timing test, I don't touch it, right? But I have to get the whole context of the story. You know, how old's the watch? You know, when was the last serviced? Who was it serviced by? Um, and so on and so forth. And I have to get the macro picture, the global picture. And once I get that, then I can make a more educated decision. So if in the macro picture, the watch hasn't been serviced in a long time, I don't know who serviced it before, and the watch is just running fast or in or running slow, I will not regulate the watch. And this is very common in the industry. Uh, most companies and most brands will not do a quick fix. They won't do a small job. They won't do a partial job. Um, most of the time, you'll find something like this at a independent level uh, where they will do a small job. Or if you bring it to a watchmaker over at the mall, they will do a small job. Um, but you do have to... You do have to mitigate your losses. You do have to understand what you're getting yourself into. Okay, uh, if you're looking, at, if you're looking at the problem, if you're looking at the problem from a micro perspective, regulating it is just putting a bandaid over the issue. You're not fixing the actual problem. You're not fixing what's causing the issue, right? So that's one of the biggest things. Uh, one of the that's that's essentially one of the biggest uh, points of this is that if you do regulate something that you do not know any history about that watch will almost always come back because of another issue and because you touched it last it's almost tied to your name so you almost really you, you have to really really understand this topic here that we're talking about now if the watch was just uh, well okay First things first, let me preface this. If there are some special circumstances where we will actually uh, regulate it. Um, so let me give you some special situations. Uh, let's just say you had your watch serviced and about four months ago or five months ago, whatnot. 
And then there's an issue with it. Let's say your watch is running slow or it's running fast. Sure, you bring it into the watchmaker. The watchmaker takes a look at it. The watchmaker knows the history now. The watchmaker knows that he serviced it last. Okay, so because he knows he serviced it last, he's more inclined to work on something that he's touched before. And if he's a qualified watchmaker or competent watchmaker, he will know what the issue is and he can fix it. And if he knows his quality of work, then he can actually either uh, just do that minor adjustment or if he realizes his mistakes, he will do a complete service free of charge. It depends on the issue. Okay. Uh, I know in this situation for this, uh, I very, very seldom, very seldom have to ever regulate anything and after a full service because when it leaves my hand, I know I already put 250% of my effort into that watch. So when you receive the watch, most of the time, 99.9% of the time, there's going to be no issue with it for several, for years to come. Okay. Now, if in the off chance there is an issue and it comes back, first things first, you always check everything A to Z. You check what the possible issue could be. Um, and then from that perspective, you can take a look at how you can fix it if it requires a brand new service again, which would then be covered under the service warranty, or if it requires uh, something, uh, a minor adjustment. And these are some of the things that the watchmaker has to do, okay? But for you as the customer, you don't have to worry about something like this. Now, if you just want a watchmaker to regulate something, and if you bring it to a qualified watchmaker, a qualified watchmaker, if, if it has never been through his hands, will not accept just a quick fix. Please remember that. A watchmaker that you do not know, or the watchmaker that does not know the history behind the watch, will not accept a quick fix and if a watchmaker is accepting a quick fix it's almost because of money uh, you have to remember that uh, a most of the most of the industry the companies the brands and whatnot they will not do a quick fix um, unless they know the history behind it so if there was an issue with a watch and you send it back to the manufacturer and they do do a quick fix on it it's because they know they messed up and that's usually the watchmaker's fault and that will be covered under the warranty that will be covered under the warranty but for you to bring a watch that uh, for you to send your rolex into rolex and after never having a service for seven years and whatnot and you, you're complaining that it's running slow you better expect a complete service estimate okay rolex is not just going to regulate the watch and make it run faster for you remember that okay so let me take a look at what's next what's another uh common question we get uh another common question we get is how long does a complete service take okay that's another common one uh complete service it's not easy okay uh doing a full service on a watch is not easy um doing a full service on a watch uh can take about two to eight weeks at a time and that's a very very broad very very broad uh time frame but Two weeks is the fastest, and eight weeks is the longest, or for the average, okay? Uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, it depends on the watchmaker's workload. It depends on the uh, the company or brand's workload. But for the most part, two to, it, it's going to be sooner rather than later. Most of the time, it's really two to four weeks. Um, 
and then you also have to factor in quality control processes and whatnot but if you're sending it to the, straight to the manufacturer sometimes it could be four to eight weeks if it has to go to switzerland then you can expect even longer so on and so forth okay uh, most of the time services take a while because either they have to source the part or they have to create the part and if you're sourcing a part, it's either you're looking for the part or it has to get or, or, or you have to wait for the part from Switzerland. And now if you're creating the part, that in its that in itself is a long process. If you're creating the part, measurements have to be taken, everything has to be taken into account. So for the most part, it's two to eight weeks. That's the time frame. Most of the time the most of the time you have to remember. Uh, a complete service for it comes to watchmaking it's not it's not fast food guys you know like that's one of the things i have to constantly remind people um you're taking apart a watch in its entirety and you're doing it and you have to wait for parts and you have to inspect everything and it's not it's not fast food guys you're not going to mcdonald's and at the you know drive through to pick up a you know mcchicken or some shit you know take it easy you know relax it's two weeks guys uh for the most part and listen if you're going to a qualified watchmaker again if you're going to a qualified watchmaker you should feel good about the service you should feel that you're getting taken care of okay uh some customers they don't like having to wait and all that and listen there's expectations and there's there's realistic expectations and then there's uh, far-fetched uh, expectations and you, you almost have to keep that in mind guys um, but again the time frame most common time frames two to eight weeks two to four weeks is usually the more realistic one four to eight weeks are really for vintage and for watches that you know are very very uh, complicated in terms of uh, processing in terms of uh, functionality and whatnot um, so just keep that in mind okay uh the next topic of discussion okay why does a complete service cost so much listen guys uh a complete service in the it depends you know a complete service in the in terms of the overall picture the best way let me sum this up nice and quickly okay Buying the watch is easy. Buying the watch is cheap in terms, in the grand scheme of things, okay? Buying the watch is extremely easy. It's the regular maintenance you have to worry about. Again, you do not buy a car or you do not buy a watch without thinking about the service upkeep. Buying the watch and buying the car is cheap in terms of the regular maintenance of the life. You factor that into account, okay? Again, guys, a complete service costs a lot because listen, man, uh, it's watchmaking. You, you're taking it. You're you, you have to appreciate it for what it is. Um, and one of the greatest things uh, that I usually do, okay, and this is for extremely special clients. Uh, sometimes the people who don't understand why a service costs so much, I usually uh, bring them in for a special workshop and I and I show them. Listen, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take apart watch together. We're gonna take apart our watch together, and we're gonna take it apart. We're gonna identify the issues, and we're gonna reassemble it and lubricate it. Nine times out of ten, actually, no, I want to venture to say ten times out of ten. Okay, but I'm just gonna give you a conservative number. Nine times out of ten, we never ever make it to 
the lubrication section of it, nor do we really ever make it to the complete assembly of the process without losing a single part, okay? Um, customers or average wash guys or whatnot, they will usually, when they, I'll usually have them take apart the watch, clean it, reassemble it without losing anything. Nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10 actually, Everyone loses something, okay? And for you to question why a complete service costs so much and you lost a part already says a lot, okay? So for us, in the grand scheme of things, we have to show the average watch guy the uh, uh, the reasoning behind it. And I feel like that's where the industry is lacking, okay? The industry is lacking in terms of how to get shit done. Man, the industry covers a lot of these brands and all these fancy shit and all these, you know, great marketing and whatnot. But there's a clear, you know, romance in it. You know, none of this shit is romantic, okay? None of this shit is, none of this shit is like sunshines and rainbows, okay? Listen, there's a reason why it costs so much. It's hard work. It's, don't get me wrong, it's elegant work. But at the end of the day, it's not like you're putting together uh, a, a freaking mat you know it's not it's, it's not like you're putting an abc mat together to get it done you understand you're taking apart an entire watch okay you're taking apart like mini microscopic parts that you can literally blow all the parts away with your mouth and this is the reason why it costs so much you know you're paying for the expertise you know it's as, it's, it's as simple as that i'm just gonna leave it at that and that concludes the estimate 101 guys um listen this is just a this is a a quick synopsis of the whole thing if you guys have a chance i'd highly recommend highly highly recommend you taking a look at the article um i'll attach it in the show notes uh but it shows uh you know exactly what a dial hands pusher etc it shows you visually what they are um just in case you guys don't know what they are um but for the most part guys uh i would definitely check it out you might you might like it um there are some things that will cover such as service confirmations and whatnot um but for the most part i think that's about it okay and listen man i thank you guys for everything again i just want to i just want to make sure i give you guys a shout out thank you for listening i really appreciate you guys and if you guys have made it this far, you guys are awesome. Okay. Um, if you guys want to take a look at more, and if you guys have not gotten the book yet, the 100 plus no BS watch tips, I would definitely check that out. Um, if you like what you listen to, I'm sure you guys will love that book. Uh, that's 150% for my end. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, uh, take care, guys. I hope you guys have a great day and have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. Take care.